0: Well good morning Lighthouse Baptist Church. Good morning. good morning. Good to see y'all today. Let's start with a word of prayer. Dear God thank you so much for your word. Your word is a lamp for our feet. It's a light for our path God. Thank you for our church our church family. Thank you for fellow brothers and sisters who walk with us as we walk with you. God I pray that you would speak through me today. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would work in all of us uh, as we read your word uh, and as we learn more about you. I pray that we would all draw closer to you today, dear Lord. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, our passage today, which you'll find in your worship guides, is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6 through 15. Okay. So Paul says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly, Or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So we're in our series called The Me I Don't Want to Be. The me I don't want to be. And we don't want to be greedy, right? Paul shows us that greed is not just something that we should take lightly. In the book of Colossians, in chapter 3, verse 5, he puts it this way. He says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Did you hear that? Greed, which is idolatry. Now we often look at greed and say, oh, well that's not that big of a deal. But we don't realize that greed means that you've put something else on God's throne. You know, when the Bible talks about idolatry, we typically picture us carving out fake gods. But of course, it's not just limited to that because it says greed is idolatry. In other words, greed takes our possessions, takes what we own, takes our money, and says, I'm going to find my security and find my rest in those things rather than in God. And so of course we don't want to be greedy, especially when we realize that greed is idolatry. Greed says God, you can help me in certain ways, but you're not king. You're not Lord. My money is Lord. My possessions are Lord. My time is my Lord. Greed, that's what greed says. So Paul doesn't just want us to stay there, he wants to help us to move to what? To generosity. He wants us to become generous people, not greedy people. So in Colossians, he tells us to not be greedy, but also in 2 Corinthians, our passage, he tells us to be generous. And he not only tells us how to be generous, but he tells us why to be generous. So we learned a lot about generosity in our passage today. And the first thing that we learn from our passage about generosity is that generosity reaps what it sows. Generosity reaps what it sows. Look at verses 6 through 7 again. He says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion For God loves a cheerful giver. So he says if you sow a little bit you'll only reap a little bit. But if you sow a lot you'll reap a lot. But what is he talking about? He's not talking about literally sowing seeds. No, he's saying what we all say. You reap what you sow. In other words, you get out of something what you put into something. And so Paul says when you're just a little bit generous, you only get a little bit out of it. And when you're really generous, you get a lot more out of it. And we read that and we say, oh, is he saying that if I give a lot, then I'll get a lot of possessions? No, that's not what Paul is saying here. The Greek, when you look at it, it says, whoever sows with blessings will reap with blessings. Paul's not saying the more you give, the more possessions you'll get. Paul is essentially saying the more you give to others the more you will be blessed on the inside. So in a sense he's saying when you sow joy into other people's lives it'll come back into your lives. We think of being generous as only giving to other people. But Paul wants us to see that when we bless others we're also Being blessed. We're also experiencing the blessing of giving. Essentially what Paul is trying to say to us is that when you're not generous with other people, you miss out. Yeah, they miss out because you don't share your blessings with them, but you miss out. You miss out on having purpose for what you've worked for. You miss out on having purpose with your time and with your energy. And only by sharing it, by giving it, can you experience the joy that was meant to be had in you because of your possessions. In other words, your possessions are not just for yourself. Your possessions are how God helps people through you. And when you experience God helping people through you, it brings you joy. I remember after I graduated from seminary and I started working at a fast food place and I was making minimum wage I struggled with this more than I thought I would you know, because I started looking at my bank account and from week to week I would say oh, that's, that's not enough I, I can't tithe this week oh, that's not enough, I can't be generous this week and so God had to really work on my heart to learn about being generous because I was just living my life valuing it based on the size of my bank account and I remember hearing someone put it this way. I heard on a, a podcast, a guy named Dave Ramsey. Have y'all ever heard of Dave Ramsey before? Dave Ramsey, for those of y'all who don't know, he's very helpful to people in the church with learning how to do finances and uh, figure out how to do budgets. And Dave Ramsey, uh, a guy who talks about money, basically, for a living, he said this, and it blew my mind. He said, the best part about having money Is giving your way. The best part about having money is giving your way. And I thought, what? I've heard the opposite my whole life. The best part about having money is having it for security, having it to make sure that I'm going to be okay. And yet he says the best part about having money is sharing it with others, giving it to others, letting others be a part of what we have. Now, I was asking the wrong question. I was asking, how much do I have to give away? How much do I have to give give away? When the real question is, how much can I give away? Because if I'm asking that first question, how much do I have to give away, then giving to others is just going to be a burden to me, right? I'm not going to get any joy out of giving to others. I'm saying, oh, well, I have to give you this. I have to give you this. But if I say, ooh, what do I have? What can I give to you? Then I start to get joy from that. When I worked at Lake Point as a membership coordinator, before I worked here as a pastor here, uh, a lady came into the Connection Center where people will come to join or ask questions. And we had just had a sermon about generosity. She came up to me and said, "Uh, I I want to be generous, but I I don't have a lot of money. Uh, I kind of live... From day to day, and so, how much money do I have to give? How much money should I give? And it was kind of, you know, up to me to tell her how much money she could give. And hopefully, it didn't sound like I was picking on her or making light of the situation. I honestly was trying to help her to find an answer. I, I said, can you can you just give a penny, or just a nickel, or, or a dime? And because my goal wasn't to say. Give this amount. My goal was to say, just practice giving. Just give. And when you give, you're going to find out that it's worth every penny, even if it's just one penny that you give away. Why didn't Paul tell them exactly how much money to give? He said, each of you should decide in your own heart how much you're going to give. Why? Because God loves the cheerful giver. In other words, it's not so much about how much you give, but it's about why you give. And when your decision to give comes out of love for people and out of care for people, then you reap more out of that than what you would reap by just sowing a lot of money. I mean, anybody who's greedy can give a Christmas present or a birthday present. But Paul is trying to develop in us not just giving once; He's trying to develop in us a lifestyle of generosity. In this passage, the Corinthians have decided that they're going to give a gift to the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem. And now Paul is about to go and collect that gift. But Paul's not going to say, you have to give this much. Paul's saying, you get to decide what you give. But if you decide to be stingy and greedy, you're going to reap what you sow. You're not going to get a lot out of giving this gift. But if you decide to be generous, if you stop saying, what do I have to give, and start saying, what can I give, then you'll experience the joy of giving. Like this lady was asking me. She was looking at it like, what do I have to give? How much is in my account that's going to be taken out? What I was trying to help her to see is, what can I give? What do I have that I can give away? And when it comes to generosity, a lot of times, We don't like being generous. And it's not fun. Because generosity is all about what we have to do. But Paul wants us to see that generosity is about what we get to do. We get to invest in other people's lives. When I started being generous in tithing, I realized God is working through me. God is giving me this money. He is giving me these gifts and resources in my life. But now I get to bring a smile to somebody else's face and when I do that it brings a smile to my face and of course that brings a smile to God's face God wants us to be generous not just for the person that we're being generous to but for ourselves like Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive he's not just saying oh it's better to give to someone than to receive he's saying it's better for you you're going to love life more when you share and when you're generous, rather than being greedy and holding everything and keeping everything to yourselves. So when it comes to generosity, you reap what you sow. But also we learn in this passage that generosity shows where your treasure is. Generosity shows where your treasure is. Like in verses 10 through 11. Paul says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Now, do you see the problem with greed? Greed Put your eyes on the seed for sowing and the bread for food. And there's nothing wrong with seeing the seed or the bread, but generosity only looks at the bread. It only looks at the seed. And it doesn't look at the one who gave you the bread or who gave you the seed. We were meant to look at both. We were meant to look at our gifts and say, oh, I'm grateful for my gifts but I also know where it comes from. I also know the giver of my gifts. And we are meant to treasure, not the gifts, but the giver of the gifts. And a lot of times when it comes to generosity, we get frustrated, especially when we hear sermons about it because we say, oh, okay, God just wants my money. God just wants my money. No, that's that's not at all what Paul's saying. God doesn't want your money. God doesn't need your money. Do you realize that? God doesn't need your money. God just wants you. He wants you to give all of yourself to him. And I'll say, I'm giving this part of me to you, but not this, but all of myself to you. And yet the problem with greed is when we're greedy, we're saying, I'm giving myself to my money. I'm giving myself to my possessions. And when we say that, what we're saying is life is about possessions. Life is about having more and more and more. And greed is never ever satisfied. Jesus talked about greed in Luke chapter 12, verse 13 through 21. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn with me. To Luke chapter 12, verse 13 through 21. Now in this passage Jesus tells us the parable of the rich fool. Starting in verse 13, it says, Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. So, of course, the money that we're going to inherit from our parents. Jesus, tell my brother to divide that with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out! Be on your guard against all kinds of what? Greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain man, or a certain rich man, yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And move down to verse 32 through 34. Jesus says, Do not be afraid, to a flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also jesus says where your treasure is that your heart will be also now god gives us certain gifts but when we're greedy we're saying those gifts are my treasure and when those things are our treasure that's where our heart is i mean look at the guy who came to jesus and asked jesus to divide the inheritance with his brother he got the chance to meet god in the flesh if you could meet god in the flesh. If you could meet Jesus, what would you talk to him about? This guy chose to talk to him about what I deserve, what's owed to me. He chose to talk to him about his money and his possessions, and not how he can share them, but about how he deserves more. In the story, in the parable, this person, they have a rich harvest, and they have a barn, and rather than saying, okay, I'll fill my barn and I'll share the leftovers with everybody else, they said, I'll tear down my barn and fill it up so that I can have all that I want more and more and more. I'm not going to share it with anybody. And do you see how this causes him to miss out on life? I mean, think back to when you were a little kid. I think back to kindergarten. We had a little box full of sand, and it had toys in it. And it had a bunch of dinosaurs and Sometimes a kid would have a dinosaur, and they would take all the dinosaurs. They'd take all the toys. And so you would go up to that kid and say, hey, can you share your toys with me? And they would say, no, they're my toys. They had the toys, but what did they miss out on? They missed out on friendships. They missed out on relationships. They missed out on life. And Jesus says, even though you don't think you're a little kid anymore, when you're greedy, You act the exact same way. You say, life is all about my possessions. And Jesus says, life is so much bigger than that. Don't treasure your possessions because when you treasure them, that's where your heart is going to be. That's what your life is going to be about. No, don't treasure your possessions. Instead, realize, like Jesus said, your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. In other words, he's shared himself, his kingdom, with you. Now, when you realize that the Father has given you the kingdom, what does that mean? It means he's given you something eternal, not something like this man's uh, abundance of harvests that was in his barn. Those things are going to wear out, and they were going to expire. And Jesus said, Build for yourself purses that won't wear out, but that will last forever. When you're greedy, when your treasure is your possessions, then you treasure something that has an expiration date on it. But when you treasure the giver of those gifts, then you treasure something that does not have an expiration date, and your heart will belong to something that lasts forever. What your heart was made for, And when you realize that what you have has an expiration date, when you realize that what you ultimately have in the kingdom doesn't have an expiration date, then you can start to give your stuff away because you say, my life is not about these things. My heart doesn't belong to these things. I can gladly share with others. I can gladly give to others. I can help them with their needs. Paul talks about it in the previous chapter. He says, I'm not asking you to give so that you'll be worn out and somebody else will be comfortable. I'm asking you to share for equality. That way, when you need something, they can help you. And when they need something, you can help them. God wants us to share. Because when we share with others, when our treasure is Him and not our belongings, then our hearts will belong to Him, and our hearts will be shared with others. But when we're greedy, we'll just build bigger barns and live for the things in those barns, and we can't take those things with us. So, generosity, it shows us that we reap what we sow, and generosity shows where our treasure is, but generosity also proves your faith. Generosity proves your faith. Look at verses 12-13. He says, This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. So he says people have heard your confession of the gospel of Christ. They've heard you say, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian. But Paul's saying, Corinthians, when you give this gift to those needy people who are fellow believers in Jerusalem, you're not just telling them about your faith. You're showing them your faith. You're proving that your faith is real. Uh, A few years ago, I went to a bookstore and I found a book that's uh, pretty popular. It's actually on the New York Times bestsellers list. Uh, It's a book called Love Does. And I've quoted you all from it before. Uh, It's a really good book essentially about this guy named Bob Goff who talks about his experience with love and how love is not just an idea. Love is an action. And when you read books like this you kind of say, oh, okay. Well, that's nice, but is this guy the real deal? In other words, he can write about love. He can tell me that he loves people. He can talk about the gospel. But is he an actual believer? Does he actually care? Or are these just words? Well, I was amazed when I looked through this book, what I saw on the last page. What I saw on the last page was his phone number. He put his phone number in the back of his book, a New York Times bestseller, essentially to say, hey, if you need to talk about anything in this book or if you need help in any way at all, call me and we'll talk. When I saw that, I was blown away because he had talked about loving people, but he also, by being generous with his time and by sharing his phone number, he proved to me that he was the real deal. In other words, these were not just words for him. He really did care. He didn't just confess Jesus. He proved that he belonged to Jesus. How? By being generous. I'll give you another example. Uh, not long ago, me and uh, my best friend, uh, his name is Emmanuel, and he lives in Waco. And uh, me and Emmanuel were at this thing called South by Southwest in Austin. And essentially, it's just this week of these musical performances. And as we were walking one night through Austin, uh, a guy came up to us and said, "Can you spare some some money for me? I'm I'm really hungry." Uh, and I expected uh, to just maybe hand him some money, and maybe Emmanuel would hand him some money, and that would help him out. But Emmanuel said, "Oh, oh yeah, sure, I can help you out." And we were right next to a restaurant, and he said, "Here, I'll take you into this restaurant, and let's have a meal." So my friend wasn't hungry, but he bought him food and just for about 10 or 15 minutes sat down with this person and fed them, gave them food, and also had a conversation with him. Asked him about his life and got to know him. And when he came back, I said, Emmanuel, that was that was a really nice thing for you to do. That was really nice of you uh, to have a meal with him. And he said, yeah, I could have just given him money. And that would have been a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But he said, I, I wanted him to to know that I care about him. I wanted him to see that I really do care about him. And for me, my friend, Emmanuel, could confess the gospel of Christ all day long. But he proved it. When he shared a meal, when he was generous with his time, his energy, his night, his money, he didn't just talk about his faith. He proved his faith. He showed his faith. He showed that it's the real Still, he lived out his faith. And when generosity accompanies our confession of the gospel of Christ, people see that we care, but they also see that God cares. When we tell people what Jesus has done for us, they say, that's great. when we say, because of that, I want to help you and be generous with you, then they don't praise us, They praise God. And that's what Paul says will happen. He says, Corinthians, when you give this gift and people see that your faith is real and they see the service that accompanies your confession of Jesus, they will thank God. And their hearts will go out to you when they pray for you. Your generosity proves your faith. It proves that it's real. It proves that you really do care. Now we've talked a lot about why we should be generous and what generosity is. We've talked about a few ways that we can show generosity to people. But the real question that we have to ask now is how can we be generous people? I mean, what can make the difference in our heart to not just do a generous thing every once in a while, but to have a lifestyle of generosity? What's going to make the difference and help us to be like that, to not be greedy people, but to be generous people. Well, in order for that to happen, we have to understand what God has done for us. And what does he say in verse 15? He says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. He spent this whole time talking about their gift to the Christians in Jerusalem. And now he says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift and what is God's indescribable gift himself he gave us himself and just in the previous chapter in 2nd Corinthians chapter 8 listen to what Paul says, listen very closely to this he says to the Corinthians for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich yet for our sake he became poor So that you, through his poverty, might become rich. When Paul is encouraging them to be generous people, he could just say, be generous. I mean, that could have been our sermon today. I could have got up here and said, be generous. But we know that wouldn't have actually made a difference in our hearts, right? The only thing that's going to make a difference in your heart is when you see how generous God has been to you. Paul says he's been so generous with you that he gave you his only son, who though he was rich, became poor so that through him, through his sacrifice, you could be rich. Jesus said, the Father is pleased to give you the kingdom, and the kingdom is only going to come through me. Jesus didn't just lose everything. He gave up everything so that by having him, you can Thing in Christ he says elsewhere in scripture he who provided you who gave you his only son how will he not with him give us all things in other words we have been made rich because Jesus gave up himself to us and when we know that we've been made rich when we know that we've been made rich, we belong to a kingdom. And we belong to God. And He supplies our every need. He supplies the seed for the store, the bread for food. That He enriches us so that we can be generous to other people, so that He can work through us. Do you know what that does to us? It changes what we put our security in. Because when we don't believe that, then we say, My security is in my bank account. My security is in my possessions. My security is in my schedule. When our security is in God, that totally changes that. Then we can start to look at our possessions in a new, better, and different way. Say, I like having you, but I don't have to live my life only for you. I can live my life for the one who gave everything for me. That's where my security comes from, not from what my possessions can give me. Because my possessions don't care about me. But God cares about me. And he's proved that he cares about me by giving gifts to me. But also, I show that I care about him by giving to others. Jesus says, what you have done to the least of these, you've done to me. God gives us possessions. But we turn them into idols when we take good things and make them ultimate things. When we say, you're God. And God says, no, find your security not in having more and more. Find your security in me. And that's the only way we'll ever have access in our hearts to say, I'm giving away so that other people can have their needs fulfilled. When we realize how generous God is, is to us through Jesus, only then can we start being generous to other people. And when you start being generous people, we find that there's joy in our hearts that comes from that. We find that other people's needs are met. And it's not just their needs that are met, but they start to give glory to God. They start to praise God. Like Paul said, This is not just fulfilling the needs of people, but it's leading them to praise God that you've proved your faith. And our faith comes from what God has given to us. And when we realize what God has given to us, then we don't have to be greedy people. Life doesn't have to be about our possessions. We can be generous people whose life is about God, who for our sake, became poor, so that in him, through him and by him, we can become rich. Let's pray. Now, we we don't want to be greedy people. We want to be generous people. But the only way we're ever going to be generous people is by knowing how generous you are to us. And the only way we'll ever know how generous you are to us is by seeing your son, by knowing that he left heaven come down to us, to bring heaven to us. You became poor so that we could become rich, and I pray, God, that we won't just say, oh, that's nice, but we'll say that's what I want you to do. I want you to serve. I want you to give to others like you have given to me, God, and when people see us giving in your name, they'll know that you love them and you care about them. So, God, we thank you That life doesn't consist in abundance of possessions, but life consists in an abundance of you. And through Jesus, we do have you abundantly. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.